Hey everybody, we at Podgave Rock and Roll Do You want to make it clear that we don't mean any offense by our comments, critiques, or opinions. We're not music critics, just buddies that use talking about music as an excuse to hang out. Also, our language is intended for adult ears. Enjoy! Cause I'm in the shit house Wish I played in a rock and roll band Somebody give me a dollar bill So I can pass out Did you guys update your iPhones? Like the new update? Y'all have iPhones, right? Yeah, I usually do. I don't think I have recently, though. So I guess the newest... A buddy of mine called me from college, and I, and I looked at my phone, and there was like kind of this fuzzy picture of him playing music. And then when I pressed, like, accept, it was the most ridiculous picture that he could possibly put. And I guess, like, with the new update, you can pr- create a profile that whoever you call sees and like they can't get rid of it it's just that picture is going to be on the face of the phone while you're talking to that person <laughs> it was like Josh uh, you know you've been able to set pictures to contacts before but i know but i don't think it's like so when you call and you look at your phone it says billy griffin like there's no picture there i'm not on your it's phone just, as billy boo baby what in the that was the deal. Bang. Uh, no, I don't know what you're talking. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't think I've done that one yet. Yeah, is this the perfect thing you had to get started? <laughs> yeah. Hey, here's well, something no, so- neither of you know about. <laughs> well, now you do, and you can. I, like, if I if my phone wasn't my work phone, I would probably find just a ridiculous picture of me that I could do, I could do that with. But I like can't call my boss and her be like, "What is that?" So you would see the picture that I set when I call you. Yes, and it's two different things. So, like, when I look at my phone and it says, like, Billy Griffin calling, mm. there's, like, a picture. And then when I press accept, another one pops up. Oh, so and, instead of, like, the just the numbers on the phone, it's a picture? Like, a full-screen picture. I wonder if you can set it per contact. Because with some, <laughs> I'm sure you, you know, like, you'd have a different one with your mom than you would with... I, I would assume so, know. because they used to do that with ringtones, right? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. where you could mm-hmm. set you could set yeah, the yeah. specific, or maybe it'll happen on the next update. I don't know. I I always just wait on on pins and needles for yeah. Apple's next. Put in a request. I'll I'll contact Tim Apple and yeah, Mr. Tim Apple. Apple. <laughs> <laughs> More music news. Uh, so first of all, Roger Waters came out with a, he re-recorded Dark Side of the Moon. It's called Dark Side of the Moon Redux. It's basically like an old British man speaking over like very sparse music. Have y'all heard any of that? Unfortunately, yes. No, I have not. <laughs> it's for, he's like us and them, and after all, <laughs> we're ordinary men. No, yeah. it's it's so much worse than <laughs> it's just breathe, <laughs> breathe in the air. Don't be. Is afraid. it Roger? Yeah, yeah, oh. it's something. I read an article, uh, or I didn't read the whole thing, but the title of it is Why is Roger Waters Ruining Dark Side of the Moon? (laughs) (laughs) Nobody wants this. I checked it out the other day just because I was curious. I was like, oh, what is he doing? And uh, I put it on, and I was just like, oh, my God. Like, It was so much worse than I thought. I was excited to listen to it, and then I turned it off immediately. Well, I read today that he... Like had a concert in London, and the first hour he just read from his autobiography. Just started reading from his autobiography for an hour, and people started walking out, and they were like, "What the fuck, man!" 
because it was dark side's gonna be played in full blah 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 and then he told him to fuck off and then there was a break 20 minute documentary on the making of dark side then he came out out and did the redux (laughs) that sounds awful yeah he's got a lot going on man i mean well he was telling the fans to fuck off right because they were upset Oh, apparently he was reading from his laptop. Like some old man was like poking around on a laptop and like, well, well, and <laughs> where's the little paper clip? <laughs> where's Clippy? <laughs> nice Windows <laughs> reference. Where's Clippy? Yeah. So have have either of you guys ever been to a show where shit went haywire? Mm-hmm. No, I have a quick anecdote about that. Um, I was talking to a relative of mine. And he was at a Van Morrison show back in the day and said, in the middle of the song, this was like peak Van, right? Yeah. In the middle of the song. Weeks, Moon Dance. I'm just saying it's like not him now, old and, you know, whatever. Singing about COVID, yeah. Right, yeah. Right in the middle of the song, stops, goes over to the leader of the band, whoever it was, the bass player, guitar player, whatever. And just starts berating him. And and the person I was speaking to was like, you could, we couldn't hear what he was saying because we were far away, but you could tell. And he said, just going in, going in, going in. And then doesn't say anything. And they just start the song over again. Like, and he was like, dude, from that point on, I was like, no, screw this guy. (laughs) What an asshole. I guess he's known for that. He's known to be a huge asshole to his band members. Yeah, yeah. I've heard he's had a temper. Well, that's like you hear the story. Like James Brown, I guess, was like that too, where he would like, yeah, he would basically motion to him if he if he heard him off, he'd he'd motion like five to him, like, all right, you get you're getting fined for that. Like, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is fine. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, at least he just fined him. He didn't dog cuss him. Yeah, that's everyone. that. That's I. I yeah, that's my only. I haven't. I've only been to good shows, I guess, or shows where everyone had their shit together. Hmm. Neil, so you said you haven't been to a show like that either. Nothing like that. Um, no, I can't think of any kind of train wrecks I've witnessed. I mean, I've seen some uh, bar band performances where they needed a tune and a, a sound guy, but that's about it. Were you, were you in the crowd when we used to play? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, but I'm sure I've been in some of those bands. I was in the crowd when you guys were playing, and it was sick. Down in the basement. Man, those mm-hmm. were the days. Basement, Villains Tavern. Those were the days, man. For the Kings, rocking out. Don't forget, For the Kings have have an album that came out this year. It's called uh, Turn It Off. Turn It Off. <laughs> wow, good. You want to you want to start over on that one? Want to introduce it again? No, I'll, just, I'll just leave that. I'll, I'll leave that in. You know what I am? Who I am going to introduce is our our returning guest, uh, Mr. Billy Griffin. Billy, thanks for uh, coming back and, and joining us. At, Dude, pumped to be back. Thanks for having me. Pumped for this song that uh, I hadn't thought of in a long time. So, uh, yeah, it's good to it's good to um, you know see both of you guys together. I know I missed the album release party, which sucked, but uh, finally good to see both of you together since Neil's become a daddy. Yeah, yeah, oh, uh, yeah. and you're about to become a dad. So yeah. it's good to see you guys virtually because I know I'm not going to see you in I don't know a year. <laughs> well, well, Billy. You know, we, we can skip all the uh, intro questions. If people want to listen to those, they can go back and listen to the episodes we did with you before, which uh, yours was The Weight uh, by the band. Yeah. Uh, so go check that out if you want to uh, hear what Billy's all about, musically speaking. Hmm. But, 
I did want to ask you, since we last saw you, have you seen any good shows? Oh, man, yeah. February, I went to Nashville and nice. saw three shows at the Ryman Th- Auditorium, which yeah. was my, oh, wow. my first time nice. in Nashville as, a, as an adult. Used to go there a lot growing up as a kid, but uh, it was, Broadway was interesting going yeah. down. I heard someone describe it uh, if Las Vegas was white trash. Um, is Nashville, and I was like, I thought Las Vegas was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which actually might have been a deeper joke that went way over my head until now. But uh, it was a blast, and like, I don't know, the Ryman, it's definitely the best venue I have ever been to in my entire life. I haven't been to that many. Um, I've been to some really cool ones. But yeah. the Ryman Auditorium just, there's hardly anybody there. You got the old church pews. Uh, we were lucky enough to have really mm-hmm. good seats. And it's just, we saw, sorry, I should tell you who, Tedeschi Trucks Band, two nights in a row. Nice. And then Billy Strings Sweet. on that Sunday night. So, Tedeschi Trucks, just insane. Just, you know, them just rocking mm-hmm. out in that small auditorium was unbelievable. Yeah. They're yeah. so good. They're, I love, they actually have a two drummer set. Mm-hmm. And it's different from any two drummer band I've ever seen, and they play off each other really well, but they don't beat it over the head. Really great. Uh, Derek Trucks left after the first set on Saturday, walked across the street to Bridgestone Arena to sit in with Billy Strings, who was playing there. Oh wow! <clears throat> Excuse me, nice. and then he wasn't he wasn't back in time to start the second set. So Susan came out with the band, and she <laughs> did. Uh, Angel from Montgomery into Sugaree. It was yeah. awesome. Mm. And then he joined after that. Uh, and then the next night we went and saw Billy Strings, who I've seen before. And like a, a, a true Billy Strings show is, you know, a lot of his bluegrass stuff, but he gets, you know, he goes out there on the guitar. He's wild. He's, I highly suggest seeing him. But it was the Ryman and Billy's Tennessee kid. And the curtain was up, was down. Uh, to, you know, start the show. It wasn't like that for Tedeschi Trucks. You could see the whole, yeah. you know, the kit and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, they raise the curtain. They're all in suits with bolo ties. Uh, his band is in blue suits and white cowboy hats, and he's got on a white suit and a white cowboy hat. And they played all <laughs> traditional bluegrass music. Not one Billy String nice. song at all i didn't know a word to any i didn't know any of the songs and it was incredible and they were i mean they were plugged in but it was you know just all acoustic strings it was awesome so those those are the two i've been to some other shows but those those two bands were awesome i love tedeschi trucks uh i mean trucks is one of my heroes yeah guitar. unreal well it's so impressive too. bands that can just like on a dime put on a completely different show completely different songs and like really crush them. It's, you know that is not easy and not, uh, you know, not many bands. Yeah, can highly off. suggest seeing both of them if you can. And so, usually Tedeschi usually plays at theaters, so it's it's a fun show. Yeah, it, there's not there's really nothing like seeing a guitar player with in such control of his instrument in a, a small theater like that because you're just kind of like blown away by the sound. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It really is impressive. And speaking of one tonight, on that note. Uh, you were listening to Podgave Rock and Roll too, and tonight we are talking about Nirvana. 
and specifically their song Drain You from their 1991 smash, Nevermind, written by Kurt Cobain, Chris Novoselic, Dave Grohl, and produced by Butch Vig and released on DGC Records. One baby two, another says I'm lucky to meet you. I'm well, I mean, this was never really like uh, one of my go-tos from Nirvana, but recently it popped into my head after a super long day. I was tired. I just put my son down like I was, you know, completely drained. And for some reason, this song just popped in my head and it, like this calm came over me just from its like sonic brilliance. Like for some <laughs> reason, the melody, like I was just thinking about this song. I was like, God damn, that's so good. Like, and I realized that it's not their best song. You know, it's certainly no like shining achievement, but for some reason I tapped into something and I just really kind of fell in love with it. I've been listening to it a lot over the last month or two. I mean, it's a disgusting love song for sure. It's, it's, it's wild lyrically, but it does. I mean, I think it's just the melody and just the, the way it's produced, the sonic quality of it. It really is just very powerful. Um, it's one of their songs that um, wasn't a single or a hit, but it just takes me back to when I had the Nirvana cassette and I just listened to the album over and over. And then there's something about just kind of this song that's not quite as popular that I think really still almost captures Nirvana's sound um, almost just as good as Smells Like Teen Spirit or anything else. It really, like, bottles up their sound and their power as a band. So you're saying there's something in the way <laughs> this song hits There's you. something in the way they did this song, yeah. <laughs> Billy, what about you? What, what's... I hadn't thought about this song in so long. When you were like, hey, yeah, we want to do Drain You by Nirvana, I was like, wait, how does that go again? And then it's, it's like, oh, yeah, that is a Nirvana song. Like, it sounds so <laughs> Nirvana. It's amazing. I mean, I, you know, I was born four years before it came out. Not to say that I haven't listened to Nirvana before, but uh, it was cool to go back and listen to it and then actually look up the lyrics. I was just talking to a buddy mm-hmm. uh, about this recently. He's like, have you ever, he's like, I had to learn this song for that. He was singing at the show. He was like, I had to look up the words to so-and-so song. He's like, they're weird as shit, man. <laughs> like, you actually look up the, these are. There's some interesting lyrics. Like you said, it's dis- it's a disgusting love song. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty and disgusting at the same time, right? <laughs> Is it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, for me, like, kind of like you, I was like, oh, yeah, this song. Like, I, I didn't, if, when Neil said Drain You, I was like, uh, sure. I mean, I was eight when this came out, uh, I, but Nirvana was, it was just everywhere. It was all over MTV. Mm. Well, Teen Spirit was, but, and then you just heard it. You know, my brother was that age where he was like getting out of high school, going into college. So like, you know, he he played this stuff a lot. And so the song, I I knew it, but I didn't like know it, know it. Right. Right. And I do think that, you know, like you said, the lyric, I had no idea what he's talking about. And then you get into it and you're like, oh, shit, this is uh, the fuck is he talking Mm -hmm. about? I mean, I guess it's a love song, but it could be a number of things <laughs> you, you could interpret it a number of ways but it, but it's also like with the way the lyric rolls it's, it's 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 a playful song and like you said neil there's something sonically that i probably did not appreciate i've never been a big nirvana guy I probably didn't appreciate this at the time or really i don't listen to them much at all and never have in my life except for the unplugged album because that's just more mm-hmm. my style of music 
Yeah. There's just something about how clean it is while also kind of being a little edgy Metal. and punk. <laughs> and you really, like, when they hit those breakdowns and, like, even the chorus, it goes from this, and what I say is pretty is that that verse melody is very pretty. Like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I mean, that's a really nice melodic line. And then they're just like, you know, and then and then you get the dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum. Then you get, like, the entire Alice in Chains oeuvre in, like, the breakdown mm-hmm. um you know it's not my favorite nirvana song i did enjoy like diving into it but it, it's 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 a really fun song and it, and it is like oddly poppy if that if that makes sense yeah and yeah just to circle back real quick i mean so this moment i had it was almost like classical music like i was almost happy to exist in a world where this was a thing like it, there was there was some kind of like I guess spiritual. I mean, not re- just just uh, an appreciation. For some reason, like, have you guys ever had that where something pops into your head and you're just like, and it something clicks, and you're just like, damn, that's fucking awesome. Um, I, off the top of my head, I can't think of it, but yes, I know what you're talking about. And and this song, there's something about it that is just different. It does stay yeah. with you in a weird way. Like multiple parts <laughs> of the song stood with me. And I did not think that would be the case because I don't know if that's ever been the case with Nirvana. I mean, there's there's a lot of similarities in this song and Teen Spirit. Which yeah, is funny. Definitely. This was the B side. It was supposed to be the second single on the album, but it just kind of got over like it got overshadowed so much by Teen Spirit. Mm-hmm. They just moved on to the to to another song yeah, as, yeah. as a single. There's something about him. He was able to write from this kind of. I don't. I mean, I don't know if it's a punk aesthetic. Aesthetic. It's not really indie music. The, yeah, there's something like um, hard, like really like edgy and hard about it, but not like, not like mysterious, like like metal bands or like getting all like kind of Halloweeny. Even the Misfits and stuff like that just get super dark. But he's getting dark, but like almost in a real way. Like there's something different about his yeah, lyrics. Yeah. Anytime you bring baby birding into the lyrics it's not that dark (laughs) let me chew my food and then give it to you in a passionate kiss yeah i've seen that in ace ventura what yeah ace ventura knew when when, too when nature calls to be you know accurate yeah i mean hopefully everyone knew that's the one you were talking The thing is, it's very childlike, though. The way, like, yeah. But the lyric is kind of disturbing and, and a little bit absurd, and like, you know, kind of like very codependent. And, but it really just kind of all falls away when he's like, "I lie." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That makes me laugh every time I hear that because I'm like, <laughs> now that I know the words, I'm like, oh, it shit, is very funny. childish. Yeah. And a lot of times, um, live, he just does like a "I lie." <laughs> Yeah, it, it 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 is. It's like what a a a boy would think about cooties. It's like I like you. Like I'm not gonna say that with any sincerity because my friends are here and they'll think I'm a puss. Mm. You know. <laughs> but and if you think about it like that, the first line is one baby to another says I'm lucky to met you, and it's just him jangling the guitar, mm-hmm. like very specific sound that he gets on his guitar. I don't know what that is. But it's very specific to Nirvana. Yeah. Like I don't know if that's been recreated 
since. Yeah, it's it's so just like clean and dry. It's like he plugged it into like a stereo receiver or something. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, and the way they start the song is just like that guitar, him doing that one line. You're like, ah, oh, that's sweet, like a baby, you know. But the lucky uh-huh. to have met me, you know. It's like with a little wink, and then it just boom, a lot of distortion, like clean distortion comes in. The, the song is very. There's a lot of contrast. And I guess we, we could we could say because mm-hmm. you know I've listened to Nirvana and you know Bruce Vig is the producer. He got him to double his vocals and do overdubs, which they were kind of against. Oh yeah. When you hear it live, it sounds way more edgy and raw and yeah. gravelly. And when you hear the Nevermind version, you're like, oh, this is palatable to the masses. Like whatever like mm-hmm. yes most people if you would have just released this live this isn't going to reach the audience that it will with this clean production on it right that's a good point yeah it was funny um i think uh i watched a little youtube video with uh what's his name vig yeah and he was kind of going through the tracks of this and uh apparently there was five different guitar tracks that kurt didn't even know he was just lying to him telling him ah we fucked up that last one play it again no um, no no that was with the vocal Oh, I think he did it with everything. <laughs> yeah, he, I, I saw the same video, Neil. He he definitely did it with the guitars as well. Yeah. Well, it, he did say that this was the one that had the most guitar overdubs. There's one clean track mm-hmm. and then like four or five. Yeah. five. Yeah. yeah, two Mesa Boogie, two Fender Basements, and the grunge track that is just completely whacked out, like uh, feedback and distortion. Well, the other the other funny backstory I read about it was they went to the drummer for the Melvins like on the way to the studio, him and Dave Grohl, and they just formed a band real quick called the Retards. You know, don't cancel me. The seventy five people. You got to be somebody to be canceled. Don't worry. (laughs) I said the seventy five people who listen, and they just they like he had the they started jamming. He's like, oh, I got this thing, but it doesn't have a drum part. And then the guy started playing. He's like, oh, we have a drum part. And then they kind of did the breakdown there, which the the song kind of really stands out to me as well because you do have that really pretty melody with the words that that are very visual. And then the the chorus kind of comes out of nowhere. They just kind of hit that, I think, like a four, mm-hmm. and then just go into this like, it's unexpected where that goes for the chorus, and especially unexpected where they go with the breakdown. It's almost like, hey, listen to this pretty melody, and now let's deconstruct everything that you think this song is, mm-hmm. and try to make you hate it. But then we're gonna come back to it, and you'll be like, oh, you know what? That makes sense. One of the things I like about the chorus is. He sings it like he's chewing food. Me, you know what I mean? Like, oh, his mouth is almost closed. It's got a lot of cool parts. I, I love the breakdown. In that same video, uh, they were talking about what's going on in that whole breakdown. There's like, uh, Kurt brought like this mouse squeaky toy in that he was like, there's a rubber, duck, a rubber a ducky of... toy. Cause I, a rubber yeah. ducky, you're the one? Cause I thought, I was like, wow, that's a little spacey. That little breakdown in the middle, so I, I think I like just googled the song and it was, I think on the Wikipedia page it said it was a rubber ducky toy that um, he just started making sounds with. See, that's creativity, mm-hmm. people. Yeah, you're just like it sure We want to we want to be out there, and it does. It, you get this. Even Vig said after he said when they got done, so they didn't like Bruce Vig's production, so they oh, brought but in Bruce. Still got the credit. Well, no, no. They brought in somebody else to mix. Oh, mix. So, oh, okay. A guy named uh, Andy Wallace, 
and he did oh, yeah. something to alter the drum and guitar sound and they said the band was super happy about it and then when it came out they were like yeah you know they made it too clean like we don't like the mixes blah 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 <laughs> just and he was like i think they did that just to sound cool like you're yeah. like they're not a band that's gonna <laughs> yeah. go out and be like we love the sound of our record now let's go sell 10 million or 100 million or however many fucking records they sold with us As a whole, the production on this is kind of a masterpiece. The way, even like you said, like all the live versions, super raw. It took a lot to really make this song what it was. And listening to the jam part too, it's so funny. Like, unless you sit down and think about it, you just think they're like jamming live. Like, oh my God, they're doing all this cool shit. He's got his rubber ducky. There's, But no, that took probably weeks of like, oh, what should we put here? What, what should we do there? You know, when should we come back in? Yeah. Well, and, you know, I, I was always curious about, like Neil, you mentioned like the sonic perfection of it. When I used to, when when I kind of got and started really getting into music and how people play it, I was like, how the fuck do they make so much sound with just a three piece? And mm -hmm. yes, the overdubs are there, but even when you watch it live, there's, I mean, and I know they have, uh, shit, what's the guy's name? Swarm or Pat uh, Smear. Pat Smear. Pat Smear, yeah. <laughs> Swarm. Um, well, when you hear it, you're just like, God, he gets so much sound from his guitar. It's such good sound. And he really knows how to distort it in a certain way. I mean, it's almost like, I don't want to say he's like Jimi Hendrix with that shit, but mm. he, he did have like a mastery of how you can distort, really yeah. let a sound kind of hang out there and distort it and manipulate it in a specific way where he's not doing too much that's super yeah. complicated, right? Yeah, he wasn't like a playing virtuoso like Jimmy, but sonically, yes. And it's it's a good comp because he just he'd just get loud, and you know, a lot of live Jimmy is akin to Nirvana. It's just a lot of feedback and fucking squealing. When you say <laughs> sonically, do you mean like volume? Just almost like the thickness of mm. the sound, or like uh, sonic. I mean, it can be anything. It can be like a perfect harmony. It's just gotcha, like it, gotcha. Kind of the vibrations. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? When I think of it, though, I think more like start with just an acoustic guitar. And you're just like, that would just sound like... Uh, uh, it would sound just very... Metal. I know how I know how one sounds. Yeah. <laughs> jangle, jangle. Jangle, jangle. Uh, <laughs> jingle, jangle minimalism. I said maybe. But, <laughs> that's how they sound. <laughs> <laughs> hey, still the 90s. Everyone. Um, but the whole thing to me is like it does sound punk but it also just has this brightness about it that I think takes some of the edge away from mm. his gravelly ass voice you know which I, I'm not a huge fan of his voice I don't dislike it but I think with his guitar sound and sonically what he does with it it, it, it just meshes yeah perfectly yeah it takes maybe a little bit of the edge off in some ways but i think that's why they were so impactful um just so brilliant for their time is because like they were edgier in ways because they were so talented uh, melodically and lyrically it was all new it was it was really hard but not the same old bullshit and it was kind of polished up and really produced well so it was just it was kind of just from all angles it had it was the hardest it was the best melodies it was the best produced and it was something brand new. 
they do a great job of the, the quiet loud thing we talk about sometimes. Yeah, I mean, you can think about it. Oh, well, it's, it's their classic. I was thinking about that listening to Teen Spirit because it's like the classic. And then into complete fucking rage. Just, it, just chaos. Like, and that's why <laughs> the, the beauty of this song kind of lies in that first line with his guitar. And then it's just chaos after that. I mean, it really is. They don't mm-hmm. do a lot during that breakdown. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's just a couple like power fucking do you, do you call that power chord progression neil yeah i mean they're just fucking around they're yeah power chords but i mean there's not much to really dig into it's a lot of just drums and noises i do love how they when they come back in from that breakdown how long they make you wait because it's just they just keep kind of yeah. rolling it and has screaming you're like come on break <laughs> yeah Maybe I'm just too traditional when I listen to music, but one of the things about Nirvana, it's like there's never really like amazing guitar solos. It's just like when no. they're breaking down, it's just noise and, and yeah. And... But very good. I mean, there's there's a lot of people that can play slick licks all day, but you know, there's something about just being confident enough to be like, you know what, I, I'll just make some fucking crazy ass noise and then come back in. It's almost like they want to jar you. At some point in the song, they want to to make you think like, "What the fuck is going on?" Right? <laughs> like to, to confuse you in a certain way, and and he's doing that a lot. I mean, the lyric to me is like, when even when I read the lyric, I was like, "Is this a love song?" To like, it's very codependent. I said earlier, but it's also like, you know, who who who's the lucky one here? Like <laughs> the person who's like, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> the person who is. Um, uh, travel through a tube and end up in your infection your infection uh yeah. say what <laughs> like it seems like it seems like it's exactly i don't they definitely were not dating at this point but it's very courtney love yeah. you know like couldn't yeah, you see no, them I read, I read that he met her a couple weeks before he wrote this. oh Supposedly seriously it's about his ex-girlfriend at the time who was a the singer for bikini kill named toby vale okay. but they're like who's but if you read the lyrics like who's draining who here like <laughs> I, yeah i i didn't um i don't know because you would think it's one way yeah and by the end of the song you're like which baby was lucky because it sounds like they're both just still very childlike or whoever actually both yeah both of them don't come off well well i think it's i think it, i mean i think it's definitely a love song and it is just about the codependency of like a relationship yeah. Like, and just putting it in a very, like, weird, disgusting way. But it is. So you're you know, saying there's some it, spite in there. There's some spite in this song. Like, he, he's singing it. No, no. he No, he's diving right in knowing that it's going to be a lot of sacrifice, uh, but he's into it. <laughs> and, he, and he knows it's already over. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah. It sounds like he's been in a relationship before. Yeah. <laughs> What? <laughs> That's true, and and you know what? Kudos to him, just as a songwriter. I mean, it's it's so visual. I mean, everything like you can picture all of this stuff, even though some of it's a little, a little abstract. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I don't even think. I mean, like I said, this was never like one of my favorite songs of theirs. It just kind of came to me, but uh, I yeah, I never knew what the chorus. When I read that, I was were, like, oh, Were you listening okay. to it? Had you heard it? Um, and then you were like, Oh, I want to talk about no. this on the pod, or what? How did that come about? 
I think I'd been just thinking about Nirvana, thinking about trying to choose a song. Gotcha. Um, and they, they're just kind of in my head over the past six months or something, and this one just came to me. I don't know why. Huh. I'm curious. I did have the feeling, though, I think, and we've done this a few times on uh, talking about songs, Neil, of, like, it's not really music I want to listen to, like, at 40. Yeah, it's definitely written for, like, a teenager, early 20s, mm, through your 20s. Yeah. I mean, Kinda, and that's probably more of the, the, the sound of it. I don't know if it's juvenile. Because it's Nirvana, it sounds like the 90s. Um, but yeah, it's you're not going to put it on at a party. That's for sure. I mean, unless it's a really <laughs> cool party. You know? <laughs> I mean, I could see this get being turned yeah, on. Yeah. At like, I, you know, no, not, not that I... We don't party no, no, like no, this you anymore. You could pull this off at a party. Yeah, but, but it's like 3 a.m. And, just, you know, a little toot came out. No, a little sneeze out there. You know, and pe- and things are turning up a little bit. You know, somebody's. Yeah. Hey, have you guys revisited yeah. Drain You? See? Let's do it. <laughs> Remember when this came out? Throw on this, some lit, maybe some some forty one. You know, don't matter how old you are, Josh. Let's do it in your forties. Did you see the Green Day cover? Uh-huh. Of this? The cover-ups. Yeah, they call oh. themselves the cover-ups and they just play cover songs. Oh, I did not. Which it definitely works. I mean, their music is yeah. very similar. It's just kind of Green Day's a little more yeah. playful. They're they're not chewing their meat yeah. for you. <laughs> Selfish <laughs> bastards. <laughs> are you saying Green Day's kisses aren't powerful? You, the, the uh, utmost fan of their American <laughs> Idiot album? Hey, I never said that. I said it was a good album. <laughs> he ain't lying. Mm-hmm. I will point out, I think my favorite line, and I think this is just good wordplay, is he says, with eyes so dilated, I've become your pupil. Mm-hmm. See? Mm-hmm. See what he did there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you ever eat All mushrooms right, so, and your pupils just get huge? You ever see that? <laughs> and then you stare at yourself in the mirror and you're like, yeah. my pupils are so big. Yeah. And then you get scared, so you go back to your couch and crawl under a blanket. <laughs> Why am I doing mushrooms by myself in my apartment? I, I don't know about you, but I just I just lay on the bathroom floor after that. You know? uh, Why did yeah. I do it again? So Every stupid. Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday, uh. I only do drugs on Tuesdays. So that was my buddy's shirt that he wanted to make. Um, <laughs> so, Billy, what, what what would you say your favorite part of this song is? Oh, the, the, well, originally it was the rubber ducky. Once I found out it was a rubber ducky, cause I thought that was cool. Unique. Cause when I heard it, I was like, what the hell is that? And then that's why I went and looked it up. But I think the scream yeah. is becoming mm, my favorite yeah. part of this because I also watched a live version where he just like, you're like, okay, that dude has some shit inside yeah. of him that he is letting out <laughs> at this moment he's not just singing oh, yeah. the song that dude yeah. like belts out some yeah, he drains he yeah. drains people yeah he's gonna he's gonna yeah you're like he's gonna burn bright but it's not gonna end well for him yeah you can uh, i mean but that's what you love right out of a out of a dude like that out of a performer like not just up there going through the motions like actually and you know yeah. i feel like you know you guys know it probably well you definitely know it better than me i've never written a freaking song but as songwriters, I'm sure it can get a little mundane when you're doing it night after night. But also, when they're your words and they're your songs, 
and you're really up there mm-hmm. performing, you know, people notice. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's kind of like, unfortunately, some, a lot of people, that's just the price you pay for have, putting that much pain out there. You know what I mean? It's kind of why his stuff was so good is because it was just all so honest and came from a place of almost he had to make that music to like make mm-hmm. things better. And I, w- I wonder, and not to get too deep, but, but to get a little deep, I wonder if, because I was thinking, I, I watched some interviews with him and I'm like, God, dude. You're like 24 or 25, and you you, yeah, you know out. nothing. But I wonder if like just at, at a certain point of youth, like you just like you feel pain. So the emotions are just so raw because you're going through shit for the first time, or like and you mm-hmm. know you're feeling this shit for the first time. You can just access it a little more than when you're a little older, a little more jaded, a little more like yeah, whatever. That's life. It's unfair. The fucking fuck you know you're just able to kind of put it out there in a different i've always in a more honest i've always thought of people who go through it that early and i always felt like they're and i this is just my opinion i have no idea but they they seem more mature because i feel like you know if bad things happened to me when i was a young kid i was like oh fuck it i'm gonna go play ncaa you know for eight hours you know (laughs) but i feel like when you're like a deep dynasty time baby you know like a mature deep thinker at a young age i feel like that's a lot of those artists and that's why you know why a lot of people write songs at you know 16 years old or whatever the hell just shouldering yeah like they're just way beyond their years Mm -hmm. neil what, what about you what's your what's your favorite part of this song well, it, it includes the scream, but it's just the whole build back into that instrumental part. Like I said, they make you wait for it. The scream is menacing. And then just hearing those pure chords with the five guitars. But it's it's a nice instrumental break there. So just coming back in. Yeah, it's unexpected, not in a bad way. Like, you're like, oh, this is cool. And mm-hmm. and for me, I think it's just the verse melody. It's 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 just really nice it's like this cascade and when it's you so nice. when you play it on the guitar you're it's such a it's such a fun progression to play as well like it's mm-hmm. it's just it's like a major and then like a bunch of minors and it's weird cuz occasionally he'll leave one out and then occasionally he'll go to a major to tag at the end it's it's uh it's it, I like I like when bands do like little variations like that and you can kind of tell um yeah, and at first you think it's a little more complicated than it is. Yeah, I kind of get down. I looked it doing. up today, and I was like, you know, I'm very, very elementary on the guitar, but it was cool because that's not a song that I would look up normally. Like, hey, I'm you know looking yeah. for new songs mm-hmm. to play, so it was cool to look up something like that. And you're right. I'm like, I was watching him play in the music video. I was like, huh, maybe, but probably not. But then I looked up. I was like, okay, that's not too bad. <laughs> You just got to get the strumming down. Yeah, pretty much. It, 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 but it, again, that's not even hard. It's just, dun, 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 okay. Dun, yeah, it's not hard dun, for dun, some dun. of you. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> well, a couple of fun facts uh, on this is... Uh, actually, I think I've already mentioned all of them. Uh, I Actually, it was originally titled Formula. was the original hmm. title of this. Because Baby Formula, I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I have... You know, I said this uh, sparked my mind after kind of putting my son down. And I've definitely thought about him looking at me like, my job is to completely drain you. <laughs> like, you're succeeding uh, now. Uh, children draining their parents. I like that. I think that's going to bring us into the vibe time portion of this podcast. So, Billy, I hope you're ready to bring us into vibe time in three, two, one. Oh, do I talk now? You, 
Am I supposed to intro the segment? I'm not. I'm a guest. I don't intro segments. I I get led into the segment. Uh, three, two, one. Yeah, I mean, I I I think this song should be played, and only played while you're working out. I think you're yeah. a psychopath if mm. you listen to it at any other point. Um, <laughs> you're like cleaning in the house. My baby! Na, na, na. Uh, you just weirdo. No, no, no. Tweets your own, but I, I definitely, definitely like a workout. I don't I, like. It would just pump me up too much if I was maybe yeah. maybe <laughs> if I was tired and I needed to stay awake and I didn't want to drink coffee late in the day. Boom, turn on drain you. See, we mm-hmm. talk it boom, through. Boom, boom, it, drain yeah. you. <laughs> drain you. Chew my meat Lip. and spit it in your mouth with a kiss. Something like those are the words. Right? I like you. <laughs> well, mine was mine was almost the opposite, Billy. I I, I want to hear this song like after a long day. When I like hit the couch, but before I get lost in in my TV time, like I get home, I hit the couch before before my programs, before my programs, my programs <laughs> before I heat up that TV dinner and grab the the TV digest and uh, figure out what I'm watching that you night. You acting like kind of, you're acting uh, like you're living back in an apartment by yourself. You ain't eating no TV dinners. Get out of here, dude. No. Yeah. yeah, and Trader Joe's hummus. Shout Wait, out. so you so uh, you want to listen to this after you're like you're tired, you're kind of decompressing before you're relaxing to watch TV, and you want you want to listen to this because you're actually going to sit there and listen to the lyrics, or because the music is I feel like is going to pump you up no matter what. Now that I know the the words to the song, I it, it I find it humorous. And I think I could just I could just sit on the couch after a long day and not want to do anything, and it could give me the energy I need to go <laughs> to pick up that room to go. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to fall asleep at six. <laughs> to take my shoes off. <laughs> Jesus, what do you do for to, work? To, gra- to grab that remote. <laughs> yeah, it's a re- real hard job bossing people around. Yeah, no, Josh. Jeez, yeah, it takes a lot out to of you. To answer your question, to answer your question, not much. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's what I thought. Neil, Neil, what about you? When do you want to specifically hear it drain you? Well, uh, very similar. Like, I picked the song, but it's a tough one. Um, I think it is kind of headphones in a meditative mood, almost like I'm listening to classical music because I think it's that good. A couple of psychos. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of getting psychotic, why don't we slide under the influence and talk about the influences of this song? Uh, Neil, why don't you you get us started here? What 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 do you hear in this? Okay, well, I think um, it's akin to uh, the police. Every breath you take, just like a creepy love yeah, song of sorts. Nice. Um, I think um, the breakdown really reminds me of Zeppelin. A whole lot of love. Like I'm just waiting for Jimmy Page to come in. Bow, bow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Um, Way better than what I came up with. <laughs> well, I'll just end it there. Then. <laughs> uh, all right, I'll, I'll go. I mean, I, I basically just threw out the stuff that I read. Like, I mean, it's, you know, he said he was listening to a lot of REM. Uh, the breakdown, they said, was a lot of Sonic Youth. I think when you when you listen to them, you got to, like, go back to the Ramones. I think they're, they're still just kind of a punk mm-hmm. band at heart. Mm-hmm. They wrote the poppiest kind of punk songs. And then, you know, the Beatles, Vig said that he he didn't want to do the the double double the vocals. And he was like, Lennon doubled his vocals. And he was like, okay. 
I guess I guess we can do that then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know why uh, a lot of people just don't want to like use the the easy tricks, but then the producers do it yeah. anyway. Like, no, I mean, we're doing the, it. The other thing I, I would say is that like the the guitar drum sound in um, Nevermind is is just something I don't know existed before or had been put on record before. So I will say that I mm-hmm. <clears throat> saw a video of Dave Grohl speaking with someone I forget um, but he said that like came from his love for the Gap Band the Gap hmm. Band? the Gap Band yeah I mean I know their name I can't uh, it's the uh, oh my god what's their famous song <laughs> they have a massive hit you dropped a bomb on me <laughs> yeah it's that you dropped a yeah so dave was kind of influenced that that drum sound that you actually heard in this and travis barker did a great job on that cover that he did with post malone Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where it's that and it's that beginning of you dropped a bomb on me Mm. and dave said that uh you know he loved that like disco drum that he like he's like that's he's like people thought I made that up. He goes no, yeah, I took it yeah, like yeah, right I mean, from them. Interesting. Yeah, it, uh, and I, it might have been Pharrell. He was speaking with Pharrell. Goes oh shit, <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> duh. Sounds exactly like it. Yeah, that that's wild. My influence, you guys actually took both of them. My first uh, one that I thought of was actually your same part too, Neil. The breakdown. Oh yeah, it sounded definitely like a whole lot nice, of love, nice. which I love. I love waiting for it. Oh yeah, true. It's like my if that's my favorite part of that song. But uh, that's what I thought of when I heard that little breakdown because you Grohl even does like a couple of the like high symbols Mm -hmm. in the in the breakdown, and that that's what reminded me. And then the Ramones, I thought Mm -hmm. exactly the same as you guys. So (laughs) I'm pretty much a musician. And, you know, another, Bruce Vig, like, he kind of broke out doing this and Gish and Siamese Dream by the Pumpkins. And you definitely, I mean, mm. Smashing Pumpkins probably around that time oh, yeah, have yeah. the closest kind of sound to Nirvana, um, yeah. sonically, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And just that breakdown, like I mentioned earlier, Alice in Chains, like, you just the chorus and the breakdown, or Alice in Chains, like, lived off of that, I feel like. Uh, going into mm-hmm. going into the '90s, but um, speaking about being in chains, I think that's time to slide under the covers, fellas. Billy, why don't you give us one that you listened to that you liked or didn't like? A cover that I listened to that I liked was actually one that Neil sent us. It was uh, during COVID, and some musicians were raising money for, I'm sure, a great cause, <laughs> and they were just kind of playing live music. You know, over yeah. whatever Zoom, as everything was over the COVID times, but uh, it was great. It was Post Malone on guitar and singing. There were two other musicians, and I—they're from really. Travis big bands Barker was on I, drums. Um, mm-hmm. Looked it up, but yeah, Travis Barker was on drums, and it wasn't like a unique cover. Like they didn't do it in their own way. They just covered yeah. the song, but it was—they covered the shit out of it. <laughs> Yeah, it was gnarly. It was cool. And even in like when they did the breakdown, it was super simple. But, you know, Barker is yeah. amazing. So he, he made it sound a little cool. And then, like, you know, Post came in with a one, two, three uh-huh. count. Yeah. And then, you know, then they, they went crazy. He didn't do the screaming. But he or sounded anything, great singing but, it. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, he's look up post Malone covers. He does a lot. Yeah, yeah. That dude's, that dude's pretty talented, but I, I really like that cover there. There weren't that many that were unique, which I like, um, you know, when somebody slows something down or something like that, mm-hmm. or, you know, just goes different tempo yeah. from the original. But this one I yeah, really well, liked. Horse Feathers slowed it down and made it extremely indie mm-hmm. and brought some banjos in, and that was not necessary. Uh, horse Feathers. Yeah, it was pretty I thought it good. Was, it it, it yeah. spoke to the beauty of the song because it like the melody it really let it shine. Like, it, but any like their version was fine, but when it go, comes to the chorus, like no one can really pull that off. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I've I've been fucking around with it for the cover we're gonna do here, and I'm like, God, it's just gonna sound so dead. <laughs> just on an acoustic guitar, it's just not gonna sound great. Uh, Neil, did you hear any other ones? Well, I heard a lot. Unfortunately, um, <laughs> there's a lot of whiny versions of the song. A lot of guys just trying to do that one baby. <laughs> <laughs> They're really going after the gravel. They're like just try- yeah, yeah trying to scratch their throat out. So yeah, I heard a lot of bad versions, and I was surprised that there is a version from Unplugged that wasn't on the album. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like a, on YouTube. You, I guess it was the last song they played that night, but it didn't make the official album. But it was it was a cool version. Uh, actually, mm-hmm. a lot, they, there's a lot of live ones that you can listen to. And they're all pretty cool. I mean, it's just cool to watch to see them live. Like that would have been a fucking awesome show to go to. Yeah. I watched uh, the one of the performances from Munich, and it was the final show before he died, yeah, and the, them doing the song. It was kind of uh, kind of wild. Wow, that's that is wild. <laughs> well, let let let's 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 move to the shoe shoe fitting portion, and and Neil, it's your song. So how does the shoe fit for Drain You? Well, it it, it fits well. It's kind of a one size fits all. Um, and it reminds, like, the only thing I could think of was, like, almost those, like, cloth booties you put over your shoes when you're going into surgery. Or when I go into any house where I work, I have to wear booties, yeah. Oh, yes. So it, it's like those, because it's very clinical, and all the tubes and the feeding and the chewing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to leave tracks when you leave the scene of the crime? Uh, <laughs> Billy, what about you? How does the shoe fit? Man, I, I I thought immediately it's it's an Etnies skater shoe. You guys remember oh, Etnies? Yeah, yeah, just kind of flying all over the place. Just just you could hear like what a great song for a skate video. Mm-hmm. Somebody oh, yeah. dropping into oh, yeah, a, that's true. a little a little half pipe, maybe maybe just quarter pipe. Maybe we're not <laughs> going too crazy, you know. But Back it's a it's air. an et- Etnies just you know kick flipping ollie to mute grind you know <laughs> something like that something like that oh man uh i i'm gonna say it's like a hand-me-down or some kind of shoe that i pass back and forth with a friend or a lover uh from my foot to to yours um be, because <laughs> i like it what <laughs> Because I like, like shoes. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, and, and on that note, um, our cover of Nirvana's Drain You.
The cover you just heard was performed by Josh Bond. Thanks for listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to you. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and rate on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen. If you'd like to communicate with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram under the handle at PodGaveRock. Next week, it's your week. Josh, what are we uh, going to listen to? We're going to hop under the covers to discuss Jimi Hendrix all along the Watchtower. Can't wait! <laughs>